So I was camping because we're talking about flower power time and we were all camping and there would be some nights that really got cold and we all had our sleeping bags and tents and I had to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and I was like, oh my God, I don't want to get out of here. So I just took my sleeping bag with me and wrapped myself in it. And as I was walking in the sleeping bag wrapped around me, I thought, this definitely has to be a coat. And so I came back and I cut up my sleeping bag into a coat. And then I just started buying a whole bunch of sleeping bags and cutting them up. And then eventually, obviously, making them from scratch. And I've been making the sleeping bag coat every year since 1973. Every single year till this season two. Norma Kamali is an American fashion designer and icon whose career has continued to rise over a span of five decades. This native New Yorker and FIT graduate took the world by storm with her invention of the iconic sleeping bag coat in 1970, an item that continues to be one of the designer's signature staples until this very day. She was one of the first major designers to launch an online store in the 90s, and she also received a Lifetime Achievement Award from the CFDA. Much like her designs, Norma is both classic and timeless. Now in her 70s, Norma continues to uphold her dedication to empowering women. This year, Norma released a new book, I Am Invincible, a blueprint for how to age with power. It's complete with her personal mantras, advice, recipes, and healthy living tips, which I love. I couldn't put it down, seriously. I had the opportunity to chat with Norma about her illustrious career in the fashion industry, her book, of course, I Am Invincible, and the secret to aging with power. Check it out. Hello, can you hear me? I can. Fantastic. Oh my God, you're so chic. I'm like so not what You know, this is audio only, Norma. <laughs> like, is, this, is this you every day? This is not good. This is, this is a... Uh, what? Oh my, I cannot with this. Like, oh my God, the goals, the goals, the goals. So I have to just say, you are really amazing. I saw Aww. the research you did and I'm blown away. That's not typical. You have to understand that's very extraordinary. And so thank uh, you very much. No, thank you. I mean, I just going through your book and your story and just the research process. I just, I mean, I was just so overwhelmed by, I, I, I just, I, I felt I felt like you took us with you through your journey and it's just so beautiful. You know, there's all of these like ups and downs and some of the lows I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, how did, how did she get over? You're just like, yes, you know, I'm just going to like keep it moving. Like there's this positivity that I think is actually maybe in some ways linked to 
to the health regimens and some of the things that you grew up learning from your mom, who sounds really cool, by the way. But, you know, just just how health and your mental health and all of these things are just sort of connected. It's just really beautiful, like all of the lessons. So thank you for sharing them with us. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. And so where are you now? I'm in Maryland. I am in Silver Uh Spring, Maryland in the DC area. I have like two toddlers who are like not here right now, but like, you know, just, just a single mom doing my thing, you know? So how old are the toddlers? Three and five. Oh my God. I know. I know. So I was like, man, if I could only get them to eat a vegetable, like what I would do, you know, like I try, but they're like, I'm like, okay, well, we'll, we'll just keep trying. We'll just keep trying. I'll sneak it in and that, see what I can do. That's all you can do. I have, I, I'm, I don't have quite the challenge of young children, <laughs> but I just got a, a new puppy because the dog I had after 18 years finally I passed saw that. away. Oh, that's so I, I have the cutest little puppy, but you probably will hear him whimpering in the background for so if you hear if you hear a little whimpers you'll you'll know what is the new baby's name his name is wally kamali stop it right (laughs) now i swear do i dare ask where that name came from well can you see him Hello, hello, ma'am. Oh, you're adorable. Welcome. Is he's like, he's like, he's like oh, chocolate, he's so chocolate and caramel. Oh gosh, but look beautiful. at how beautiful. Isn't look that a great? Coat. I know. He's oh. the color, the the combination. The girl who does my hair color was trying to see if she could match Stop the it. chocolate <laughs> and the caramel. That is funny. <laughs> anyway, he's 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 adorable, but he's a baby, so he's gonna be oh, speaking darling, up. Darling. Well, I'm gonna try to get like you know, as many questions as I can. And because I know you're on a schedule, but I love, love, love to start from the very beginning. So what was your life like growing up? I mean, in freaking Manhattan in the forties and fifties, I mean, you went to Washington Irving high school. Like, were you like stylish back then, like doing your thing? Well, the, the 40s and 50s in Manhattan were actually pretty fabulous. Mm. Every, there, every ethnic group had their few blocks of stores and restaurants and everything that would be dedicated to that. So the Hungarian area had everything that, Czechoslovakian, Spanish Harlem, Harlem. I was in an Irish neighborhood and there was a German neighborhood next to it. So there was there was adventure in each neighborhood, but you pretty much stayed in your neighborhood. So I didn't leave until I went to high school and I wanted to get a scholarship because my mom was a single mom and it was pretty clear that college was not going to happen for me unless I got a scholarship. So I, I saw that there was an art school called Washington Irving that had an art department and that there was a chance that I could get a scholarship there because it wasn't a community school. It was sort of a 
a school in a commercial area that didn't have, you know, it was just sort of a mishmash. And fortunately, I did get a scholarship. I mean, and I was able to take painting courses uh, and NYU subsubsidized them wow. um, and then FIT. So I, I was very lucky. Um, Washington Irving was all girls and it was very tough. Wow. It was a tough city school. And like I said, it wasn't a neighborhood school. So there wasn't families and mm-hmm. it was just like, you were on your own. Wow. You were on your own. And, um, and I, but I have gone back since then to, uh, and I, for like 25 years wow. and um, worked with the students in the school who also had the same background I had where there was, you know, there just wasn't the money in the family to create a level playing field. So I really uh, felt very connected to them. And then they closed the school and turned it into small charters, which is so much better for everybody. It was way too big and Mm -hmm. too difficult, too difficult to manage. Wow. And so you actually went to FIT. Like, how did that happen? So I got a scholarship to FIT. I wanted to be a painter, Mm. um, but I studied fashion illustration with an incredible instructor. Um, And when I got out of FIT, I really decided that I hated fashion because it was Mad Men time. It was with girdles and pointy bras and matching hat, matching gloves, matching shoes, matching dress, the whole thing, you know, the, that whole period was just so not what I was feeling Mm because I'm a baby boomer. I was the next generation. And so it wasn't until I decided to get a job at Northwest Airlines in the office selling, selling reservations that I was able to travel every weekend round trip to London for $29. Every weekend for four years, I was in London while the 60s revolution was beginning and and I was there while it was emerging, oh. and and I saw I'm very comfortable with clothes in this area. In this, world. I'm very comfortable with fashion, and yeah. I started to bring clothes back. Mm-hmm. I opened a little store to sell the clothes, and then I started making my own. That is wild. And you you were actually married pretty early at, at 19. That is wild. No, that is what, but it was like the way they did things back then, right? Yeah, because you never would live with a guy, right? uh, And not be married. Nope, nope, we don't do that. We don't do that. So, um, so I got married and I literally cried (sighs) the day I got married because I did, I was so upset. But I needed I needed to get out of my mother's house. Who she was like <laughs> menopausal, and she's she was an incredible human being who was yeah. bigger than life and incredible. But it was way incredible. So I I said 
Okay. Frying pan into the fire. Wow. I'll get married. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, I love this quote that you have in your book. I am invincible. Everybody like we're going to, we're just going to get into it. Get the book. We'll have the link in the show notes. It's so good. Like I, I just cannot stop reading it, but there's a really great quote where you say, I walked away from my marriage to save my soul. I walked away from unhealthy business relationships and potential partnerships that could have supported growth and scale for my company, but that I recognize would most likely have impacted the authenticity of the brand and my dream to live a creative life. Walking away begins with a belief system. Okay, Norma, you have in your head about your value. So like, what do you think really contributed to your mental toughness at that time? And, you know, I, I've gone through the divorce process. It sucks, you know? So like, how did you rebuild, especially during that time? Well, you know, walking away is the hardest thing to do in the world, but unless you do when you need to, your life will not be easy. Hmm. When you do walk away, doors open, doors you think don't exist open. And I will tell you, that was my first big walk away. I had $98 to my name. I didn't plan on walking away because how could I? I didn't, I, I lived, we were separated. I was living in an apartment that had a mattress on the floor. Wow. I didn't have curtains. I had, I had no money and he actually was comfortable with that because it kept me in place. Mm-hmm. And so I was really in sort of an emotional prison and I think it was when the sales girl that he was dating told me that she was going to be the designer and she had some designs that she wanted me to make for her that I looked at her and I picked up my things when she left the room and I walked out and I had no idea. I, I I had no clue what I could do. And nobody knew anything about my life. I never told anybody. I was wow. so embarrassed that I was in this sort of little prison, but I was so happy to be designing that I tolerated it. And wow. then it wasn't until after I left that I realized I had to share my story no matter how embarrassing it was. And that's when people started to help me. And I didn't think, I didn't think anybody would help me. I didn't think people would do that. And it wasn't until I really left that the doors started to open, but trust me, if you have $98 to your name and you have your, you have a mattress um, it's not a lot of positivity. There. No, no. So, but, but it has happened since then that I had to make this big decisions to walk away. Not mm. a lot in my life, but when, you know, this is going to 
be harmful to you. You have to. And I'm I'm actually negotiating something right now that I just walked away from. Wow. So, so it never stops, right? It never yeah. stops. It's not something you do every day, but there are big decisions to make in your life. And the last thing you want to do is entangle yourself with someone or people who could be harmful to you. Mm. And there is nothing, no matter how much you want something, whether it's a man, a relationship, a job, a, an opportunity, there is no price that you should pay that has to do with your soul. Wow. You can't, you can't do it. Well, that was confirmation away. for me, Norma. I read that and I was like, I made the right decision. <laughs> and it's not, it's not easy. But no, it's not. It's because it's because it's so painful that yeah. the universe is pushing you out the door. And if you resist, it's just going to be hell. So you got to go, right? It's amazing. And you, you were like, okay, like I'm on my own. And you actually start a, a, a line called OMO on my own. It's like in your face, Norma Kamali. So like, how was the concept for that line different than some of your previous work? Well, um, so on my own actually turned out to be a legal step I had to mm. take because yeah. my name is the same name as the company we had together. Wow. And I couldn't take anything from the company. I couldn't take a pattern. I couldn't take any of this fabric I collected. I couldn't take any of my drawings. I couldn't wow. take anything. Oh my God. And so I had to have a different name. So it was OMO Norma Kamali versus the name of the company we had before, which was Kamali. Wow. So on my own was sort of symbolic in many ways, because this was also a time when the feminist movement, you know, there have been waves of feminist movement, and this was a very specific wave. And um, when I did this, I wasn't thinking that I would be symbolic to the movement, but because I was just trying to survive. I mean, yeah. I like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to eat here. I'm not, I'm not create getting a movement going. Yeah. And, and it turned out that so many women contacted me, thanking me, but letters, because that's wow. how we did things. There was no facts. There was, it was letters. I love a letter. Uh, sending letters, just, thanking me for being an example of what they could do and wow. that they could give it a try. And so it was a very um, sort of all of the energies came together. So on my own represented a lot for me, but it also represented a lot for many other women. And it mm. wasn't, it clearly wasn't my intention, but I'm so happy that I was able to be an example of someone, you know, I don't know about business. I don't know about running things. I don't have any money. Wow. I don't, who's it, what bank 
No bank is giving loans to women. Women didn't start businesses on their own then. Not happening. I didn't know of any other women that were starting their own companies. So I didn't have mentors. The banks wouldn't do. I mean, women, I went I went into banks with enough guys around me to try to help. No, no. Wow. Yeah. No, you could not. It just wasn't the time where the banks could visualize a woman running a business, never mind a fashion designer. Like, are you kidding me? No, no, no. That's like two whammies in the wrong direction. (laughs) What can she know? And so I I had to find another way. But um, so anyway, OMO was symbolic. That is wild. That is such a wild ride. I'm going to like go back a bit. We have to talk about your mom. What role did your mom have on your life as a designer, but also just like learning how to live a healthy lifestyle? I mean, I, it's just, it it was shocking. Like what are some of the things that sort of stick out in your mind about your mom? Well, my mother definitely was not like anybody else's mother, (laughs) for sure. Um, She had an incredible sense of her individuality. Mm. She was eccentric. She was extremely talented at anything she wanted to do. And she was very interested and active in all of these things. And one of them was healthy lifestyle. So Mm. we lived in a, like a two by three apartment, literally. And I don't know how she cut it up, but we lived in that apartment and on every windowsill, she had herbs growing. Wow. Um, Avocado. There was always a pit with an avocado thing growing out of it. And she had a juicer that was probably like 18 or 20 by 20 and it was steel and like a huge car engine picture a car engine made out of that heavy steel and she would at six in the morning those carrots would go (laughs) in that thing and that and the kitchen was about two inches away from my bed and the carrots in the in the oh my goodness and I was like no 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 no, mama no yeah so so she you know she was very unique in her way and um and I you know I'm I criticized her a lot as a bratty teenager for being different nobody else's mother blah 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 and I've totally turned into her. That's the I curse. love it. I love it. No, it's great. It's great. Yeah. I mean, just going through your book um, and all of the recipes, but also sort of your philosophy on health. Like it, I mean, honestly, like after reading it, I was like, th- toss, you were like, get the trash bag, throw all the chips. I'm like, no, this is going, this is going. Like I went, I went and got some seaweed salad today. Like, I'm like, no dairy, like we're done. Um, but you really equate it to sort of like 
you know, an act of self-love and, and self-care, yeah. like even those small decisions, like what you decide to put in your body and, and how that determines not only your life, but also how long you live. Like yeah. it's, and, and obviously you look great. I was looking at all the pictures and I was like, normal looks like she just gets younger and younger each no. decade. <laughs> no. I was like, how is this possible? So no. like, so like how, like, when did it officially hit you? Like, this is something that, that I really need to integrate into my life. Was it something that you veered away from, like after you left home or was it something that was always with you? And also how can the everyday person, you know, get access to these things? Because, you know, there's neighborhoods with redlining. And, you know, I remember when I moved to New York, like, you know, the, the best grocery store, you had to like, you know, hop on the train, like for five or six stops, like, you know, to get a decent, like piece of fruit, like, how can we, like, how can we make this happen? Like as everyday folks? Well, to start with that question, um, the one thing that is really important and in the book, there's a lot of help on what foods and how Mm to, how to clean your pantry and, put the good food in there. The bottom line is we eat too much Mm. and we don't eat enough of the quality food. And while that may cost more, you're eating less. So it actually turns out to be the same. If you buy big volume of food yeah it that you don't need where we buy much more especially if we go shopping when we're hungry like what are we doing like that is not good even if it's healthy food right too much (laughs) so i think by keeping in mind to eat less but to eat great stuff and wherever that great stuff is you go get it i don't you know everybody some people live near farms Some people don't. I mean, I'm a city girl. I don't live Mm -hmm. near a farm. So I know there are certain stores that I feel better buying things at. And I try to be conscious of the quantity of food I eat so food doesn't spoil. I'm a big believer in frozen food. Oh, love that. Flash freezing food is has a bad name from the history of frozen crappy stuff yeah. right so i always have bags of frozen blueberries in my in the freezer love that frozen blueberries to me are such a treat frozen blueberries and walnuts are great Ooh. for breast health great for breast health frozen blueberries and walnuts together are amazing so at, I like to eat early. And then if I have a snack, either in the afternoon or later after dinner, I get a big cup. I put frozen blueberries in it and I crumple up oh, walnuts God. and I eat them until my lips are purple. My, lips are purple, <laughs> I know, <right>? my <laughs> tongue is purple and, and I enjoy it so much. I, I look forward to it the way people look forward to chocolate cake. It's not, and the thing is, if I have chocolate cake, I feel like I want to kill myself. If I have the blueberries, I know I just ate something that was healthy for me. 
that is good for longevity, is good for breast health, tasted great. I do have to spend extra time with the water pick (laughs) to clean my teeth, but... um, But it's such, so the point I'm making is you can find things to Uh substitute for those things that you, oh, you can't live without. The other thing is in my book, there's a recipe for nut seed bread. Oh, I saw that. So good. If you, you should try to make it, it's easy to make. However, I'm reopening the wellness cafe November 1st. And Amazing. it's going to be, it's virtual. So I am going to have every product I use from tooth soap to the bread to everything. And you can go online and you can try all of my things I am totally loyal to that I've been using for a long time. And most of these products are not only great to do what they do, but they're also good for supporting the immune system and longevity. Wonderful. And I I also saw that you too use oregano oil for, for sickness, which I mean, it's, it's terrible tasting. Like I like gag, but it helps. It really does. There are, there are so many things that are timeless in Mm -hmm. like grandma recipes and remedies and those kinds of things are really trustworthy. Olive oil for me mm. is the mainstay staple. It's great for your skin. It's it, and I mean internally. It's yeah. great. It's great for you. It keeps you lubricated inside and out. That is a staple that has been. It's in the Bible. It's it's been through every war. Those trees just hold up, and they keep producing this wow. liquid gold. We're also going to have olive oil from that is exclusively mine. That yes, uh, this is great. That is, that's amazing. And I say what I do is every there's a harvest once a year. And at that harvest, I get a whole bunch of olive oil, a whole bunch of bottles. I put them in my refrigerator and I keep them in there because it keeps them cold and fresh Ah. as if it was just pulled from the tree. Wow. And then I give them as gifts instead of a bottle of wine, I bring people a bottle of olive oil and it's the best holiday gift. It's the best gift you can give to someone. It's healthy. It's great. And it's good for you. Oh my. So can I put it on the face as well? You can. Okay. But, but uh, I ha- I created a moisturizer from time that I was spent a lot of time in the olive orchard. Mm-hmm. And it's a combination of olive oil and the rinse they use on the olives after they pick them. Love. And that rinse... It's very old fashioned. It's a very old fashioned formula. And that rinse is like lime water. So you have acid, you have acid and you have oil. Chemistry, when you put them together, creates this magical liniment moisturizer Mm. that is great for every skin. It is you can use it on three-year-olds on up. That's how I love it. Gorgeous it is. 
And so that's called soft. And I would, I would prefer that you use that because there's more balance, not just oil that you get both. And it just is amazing on your skin. You could put it on your feet and put socks on you. uh, Yeah. I mean, it just keeps your feet nice and soft and smooth and the same with your hands. And I, I, I really love, I've been using that since, um, 1993. Wow. Yeah. That is yeah. wild. I mean, yeah. Norma, just take, take all of our money because we will be <laughs> like, I'm like, just, just take it. It's, it's fine. Now I we really want to look, well, like, yeah. look as good as you do. Seriously. I, I think that if you find one thing that you can be loyal to because mm. it's doing the job for you, that's a big deal. And I'm just saying All of these things are simple. There's not a lot of them. They're simple. They work for me. I'm telling you, I'm sharing, I'm introducing the founders of the companies. I'm sharing them with you because I'm using them all the time. I'm loyal to them because Mm. they work. I love it. I love it so much. And you are big into meditation as well. I mean, like, honestly, like for my mental health, like I have to do it every day. Like I've tried not doing it and it's just like so stressful. And like America Mm. is a stressful place to be and work. So you, I love the fact that you're like, I think it should be mandatory that everyone takes time out of their day to meditate. Yeah. Yeah, I really do. I really do. I'm, you know, I spend a lot of time going back before COVID going to Mm -hmm. the Middle East. And, you know, when you hear the call to prayer, Mm. I'm always impressed by it because everybody stops and they pray. And I thought, what if everybody stopped and meditated? Wouldn't that be amazing? So here, when we were all at work, I'm in my building now. At 1230, we would, a bell would ring and everybody would go to the fifth floor and have a half hour meditation. And if you wanted to take a nap, people would be snoring or whatever, (laughs) but it didn't matter, right? It didn't matter because it was time to just not think about anything. And um, so I agree, meditation is extraordinary. I do an active meditation every morning. And it's um, it's really interesting because when I say active meditation, mm-hmm. what I like it in the morning because it gets my blood flowing. I'm very invested in the breath work while I'm Ooh. doing it. And it's as if you do cat, you know, cat, cow. Yes. So you do cat, you breathe cow, you breathe again, and then downward dog. Oh, I love a downward dog. And then oh, so you good. do cat, cow again, but you don't put your knees on the ground. You keep your knees slightly lifted off and you keep a rhythmic cat, cow, downward dog, cat, cow, downward dog. And it's breathing in and, and that, if you try that at a very rhythmic, long breath, and I do a hundred every morning. Oh my goodness. You can start with 20 and 
you're, you'll feel your blood flowing and you're feeling the heat and the energy in your body and your mind is clear. And when I have stressful days, I do it at night too, because sometimes once it's not enough. So, wow. I almost passed out the last time I did breath work. (laughs) It was a breath work circle. And I was like, I'm lightheaded. They're like, ma'am, you're going to be fine. Just take a break. I was like, this is really intense. Like this is intense work. I swear. I was like, well, I'm so, I could do breath work. This will right. be easy. <laughs> oh, it took a lot out of me, Norma, but I'm going to try your technique because I feel like the downward dog sort of like, you know, balances out some it's of the very intensity. Good. Yeah. yeah. Well, if, so just think if you're on your hands and knees and you mm-hmm. lift your knees up a bit and you do cat cow, right. Yeah. yeah. And you're a cat. And then you go up into a downward dog. Yes. And you stretch down and then you go back down to cow, cat, love. downward dog. And it's so great. Um, I, I will it. be doing it. I have been like implementing things from your book already. I'm making yam ice cream tonight. I'm super excited. <laughs> it's so good. I love a good yam. So I will let you know how it goes. I'm super excited. Um, but just going back to the fashion the sleeping bag coat. We can't, we can't have a conversation without the iconic sleeping bag coat. Like where, like, where did that come from, Norma? Like you were camping and you were like, oh, this might be cool to make. Like, like what happened? Uh, So, you know, I, I was camping because we're talking about flower power time Mm. and we were all camping and, um, and, there would be some nights that really got cold and um, we all had our sleeping bags and tents. And I was, um, I had to go to the bathroom in the middle Mm. of the night and I was like, Oh my God, I don't want to get out of here. So I just took my, my sleeping bag with me and wrapped myself in it. And as I was walking in the coat in the bag, sleeping bag wrapped around me, I thought, this definitely has to be a coat. And so I came back and I cut up my sleeping bag into a coat. And then I just started buying a whole bunch of sleeping bags and cutting them up. And then eventually, obviously making them scratch. Yeah. And (laughs) I have, and I've been making the sleeping bag coat every year since 1973, every single year. Till this season too. Norma, I what what is the key to creating timeless fashion? And even like, you know, creating your own timeless style. Like it's I I, I know you mentioned something about like a uniform, but like who was the Norma Kamali like guy or gal? Like uh, well, I, I will tell you, I really don't know what, what that is in creating timeless fashion. It just yeah. is an intuitive thing, but I will tell you that in my mind, I always think of my clothes being democratic and inclusive. Like Love. I don't want to leave anybody out. So Obviously, the girls I do for my photo shoot represent a 
a cluster of accounts that we sell to. But I also, at 76, am my own customer too. And I also have clients that are in their 50s. And so we then do a shoot with a woman who's in her 50s in the same collection. Wow. And last week, we did a shoot with, that was a gender fluid shoot. And these two guys came in and chose their outfits from the collection, Love whatever they wanted to wear. And we did a shoot with them. And so if you look at my website, you'll see the range of, you know, people and ages and types. And we have a dress called a Diana dress that we're selling I can't even tell you. It's so on fire. We're selling so many of them. And on our um, website, you know, on our Instagram, people post pictures of themselves in it. And I'm going to do an Instagram post uh, today of one woman after another. I love it. The body types, the women, how different they are, different ages, different just they could not be more individual and unique and amazing. Right. So this, this is my dream that if you look at the website, you see the whole range of ages, gender, it's just the, the idea of being inclusive and democratic as a brand, even in line, it's not for any particular skin or male, female age. It's for everyone. And also age inclusive, which is probably the one area in our lives that is still okay to kind of be not so kind to. Yeah. It's terrible. And you actually... Well, first of all, I love your mantra um, that that you have on the cover of your book. But, you know, aging with power, aging with power, how do we do that? I know you have like three, I think it's like three areas that we need to focus on <laughs> to make sure yeah. that we age with power. Well, the, the, the three pillars of a healthy lifestyle are sleep, diet, exercise. Um, and sleep is probably 50% of the pie, right? It is the most important because it restores every cell, the stress each cell was under or whatever junk you ate or whatever, how much too much you drank or whatever it is, that restorative process is critical. Um, and that's mandatory and finding a way to create a ritual. So you do have a good night's sleep is really important. And I spend a lot of time on that in the book, then diet. We talked about before eat less, eat better, eat less, eat better. Any do not ever have anything bad in the house. If you must, if you must have ice cream or whatever it is, Make sure you have to get dressed and get out of the house to go get it. Eat it outside, but never eat it in the house. I love that. Make make that a sanctuary for health. And then exercise. You got to move every day. You got to move every day. And I do my active meditation and then I work out. And 
I feel so much better. My body feels stronger. I feel power in my body. So aging with power really is not just a mental exercise. It's also a physical exercise. I love that so much. Um, Well, I know we only have a few minutes left, so I have to ask you, and this is something I ask all of my guests, what is one, just one, because I know you have a million, but one of your favorite fashion moments of all time, it can be personal, professional, something you witnessed, but just like a moment that was just really magical. And you're like, I love this. Oh my God. I have so many like tingles. You just get like, well, you know, I, I, I'm going to just go back to what I just said. When we do our gender fluid fat photo shoots, I am so high on happiness to see how wonderful um, the clothes look on so many different people and to see guys feel free Mm. and uninhibited about how they dress. And they're not defined by gender. This isn't, this isn't um, an exercise in dressing like a woman at all. This is dressing like who they are, but with a style that is so awesome and fantastic. So I get so excited about it. And you'll see when, when you go to my website, it looks like so great. I can't wait. Yeah. The creative spirit. And (sighs) that, that used to be the way it was in the seventies and eighties. There was just this free creative energy about fashion and we're a little bit more um focused on other things right now than that spirit i think there's a lot of concern about being criticized if you do something that's not up to somebody's standard so there's a lot of you know the temperament's a bit different now but yeah um, Absolutely. So that free spirit, I absolutely love. I love it. Well, I, I, I must end with this. I have to. In 2011, you were a speaker at Fashion Group International. And one of our podcast guests, uh, my dear friend, designer Jetta Khan, was in the audience and he was one of the finalists. And he shared that you profoundly stated that all the finalists were stars, but the key to longevity and the successful career in the fashion business requires that you become more than just a star because stars die. They burn out over time for immeasurable success. You must create your own galaxy constellations and stars. So you can control your own universe to continue to expand and grow. And he was like, I never forgot that. And it was such a That's profound sweet. statement. And I was like, we're stars. So thank you. <laughs> well, let's create our own galaxies, everyone. Thank you, Norma, for letting thank us you. experience your galaxy. And thank you so much for being on a fashion moment. It's such thank a pleasure. You. It was so great meeting you. I really mean that. Uh, so great. Same here. Thank you so much, Norma. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining me for this week of a fashion moment. 
If you like what you hear, we'd love for you to join our community of listeners and spread the word about the show. We also want to hear from you. Share your favorite fashion moments and dream guests with us by sending an audio clip or email to a fashion moment podcast at gmail.com. Or you can tag us on Instagram at a fashion moment and you could be featured on next week's episode. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review and let us know what you think. Until then, see you next time for another fashion moment. Podcast production by Rebecca Rashid and John Taylor Williams. Digital media production by Megan Porras. This recording carries a Creative Commons 4.0 international license. Thanks to Patrick Patrickios for their song, Hot Coffee.